I know it's only week three, and I know it would be against the number one ranked team in the country, but I think South Carolina's hyped-up freshman quarterback Lenore Sellers needs to see more significant snaps this weekend. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast. As always, I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast, and you can find my written work over on Gamecocks Digest on SI.com. Thank y'all so much for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your first listen or watch for your team every day. We are free and available both on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. Against the Furman Paladins this past weekend, Shane Beamer and the South Carolina Gamecocks and all of Gamecock Nation got to see the future of this football program. As fans and coaches alike got to see multiple freshman players on both sides of the football get some playing time against Furman. Guys such as wide receiver Tyshawn Russell, also wide receiver Nicholas Harper, linebacker Grayson Pup Howard, defensive tackle Xavier McLeod, and true freshman quarterback Lenoris Sellers. And based on what he showed this past weekend, Lenoris Sellers and running back Mario Anderson should get significant snaps against the number one ranked Georgia Bulldogs this Saturday in Athens. Now, I want to preface this conversation by saying this. When I say significant snaps for Lenore Sellers, I don't mean that I think he should play half the football game. I'm not saying that basically the Gamecocks need to consider making him the starting quarterback. So please do not take it that way. That's not what I'm getting at here. When I say significant snaps, I'm talking about non-garbage time snaps. And the big reason why I think Lenore Sellers needs to get significant snaps this weekend is because of the running game and what we've seen so far from the Gamecocks running game this season. Against the North Carolina Tar Heels, the Gamecocks averaged negative 0.1 yards per carry on 31 carries. Yes, I know that that includes all the sacks that occurred that night, but that's still not a good rushing total in any way, shape, or form, no matter how you slice it. Against the Furman Paladins, the Gamecocks averaged only 2.8 yards per carry on 39 carries against an FCS opponent. The point being, knowing what we know about this Gamecock rushing attack, South Carolina's coaching staff should not wait long to make a judgment call about their running game against Georgia. In my opinion, they need to use the first two offensive series of the game as a litmus test. If the running game is basically non-existent, if Georgia is shutting it down and South Carolina is finding themselves in multiple second and long and third and long situations early, then Lenore Sellers has got to get some snaps beginning on that very next series. Shane Beamer... He submitted himself this week during his weekly teleconference call with the media that Lenore Springs an element that's a challenge for teams to prepare for. That element, in all honesty, is a combination of different things. 
He clearly has really good arm talent, but he's also very big, six foot five, two forty plus pounds big, and he's also a great athlete for his size. He runs basically with four six, four five inch speed. And with the North Sellers out there on the football field, you can run option plays with him that can help to keep edge defenders at bay and therefore help to open up holes a little bit more on inside runs. Lenore Sellers can take off running on passing plays if protections break down. Georgia, as we'll talk about more later in the show, they like to run a lot of man coverage. They did so 50% of the time against the Gamecocks this past season. Lenore Sellers, if he sees that type of coverage and he can take off running, Lenore Sellers is the kind of quarterback that can create an explosive play out of a dire situation. I understand that if Lenore Sellers does end up playing in this game and seeing significant snaps like I think he should, that you are basically playing a true freshman at the most important position against the toughest opponent that South Carolina is likely going to face all year long. But Sellers also showed in his press conference with the media after the Furman game this past weekend that he's got a moxie to him. This is a kid that's very confident in his own abilities out there on the football field. Confident, but also humble at the same time. What that tells me is that the moment is not too big for Lenore's Sellers. So, don't wait too long on Saturday afternoon if this running game is basically being broken down by Georgia's defense. Be willing to use your most talented players on this roster, whether they are in the starting lineup or whether they are backups. Something that could carry over to another position unit on the offense that we'll talk about very shortly. But I did mention earlier also running back Mario Anderson. If this running game is struggling early, along with Lenora Sellers getting some more significant snaps, I think that Mario Anderson deserves to get more playing time. Now, I understand that we're not the coaches here. These coaches, clearly there's been some reason why they've not played Mario Anderson too much up to this point in the season, just two weeks in. I believe he got like one carry against North Carolina in week one, and he did get six carries against Furman in week two. So there was an uptick in his playing time, but still, Mario did not get a whole lot of action in that football game. So I don't know if maybe in practice he's having an issue with ball security. I don't know if the coaches are maybe unhappy with his pass protection ability, and that's why he's not seeing the field more. I'm not sure why that's been the case so far. But I will say this. When he ran the football against Furman this past week, I know it was against an FCS defense, but y'all, Mario Anderson Jr., in my opinion, and probably the opinion of many of you, he was hitting the hole so much faster than the carry-on joiner has to this point in the season. He ran with a ferocity that, quite frankly, we've not seen too much from that spot so far this season. And Mario Anderson Jr., in my opinion, Overall opinion, he just seems like he is moving a lot better for his size compared to Takarion Joyner. That's not me trying to say that I think Takarion Joyner is slow this season. I'm not saying that. But I do believe that 
to a certain degree, that shittiness that Takaron Joyner has shown us plenty of times in the past has kind of gone away because, one, he's not able to show it as much considering the position he is at with the running back spot, and secondly, he's now 229 pounds. And that was going into fall camp. So I truly believe that based on maybe the lack of pop at that running back position so far, and also the inconsistency up front in terms of run blocking, Mario Anderson Jr., he also needs to see some increased playing time, and that does not mean put him in the fourth quarter. He needs to see playing time early in the game. Play him in the first quarter. Just see how he does. Juju McDowell, he does not have the size to be an every down back in this offense. Dontavious Braswell, I liked what I saw from him against Furman, but I do believe that Braswell, now having seen a couple of snaps, he does need a little bit more time to adjust to this level of football. I don't think you can say the same about Mario Anderson Jr. I think that unless, again, he is just not performing well in practice whatsoever, he is ready for the moment. I think that Lenore Sellers and Mario Anderson They both need to get some run in this game against Georgia because, quite frankly, I think that those guys being out there, to a certain extent, gives South Carolina a better chance to upset the number one ranked team in the country in Athens on Saturday afternoon. I'm sure that plenty of you out there agree with that notion, but of course, we will see what Shane Beamer and the coaching staff decides to do with both of these guys when this game takes place on Saturday. But that is not the only position that's got a lot of conversation surrounding it right now, as we've obviously talked a lot about the offensive line position as well, and admittedly, for the most part, not for very good reasons. So what should the game plan be for the offensive tackle position specifically heading into this contest? I'm going to give my thoughts on all of that in just a couple moments right here on Locked On Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by eBay Motors. Just like South Carolina's rushing attack, every part of your vehicle has to work and fit perfectly. So the next time you need a pump or tires or maybe a spark plug or any other part or accessory for your car, head on over to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure that every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or you'll get your money back. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to this Wednesday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your team every single day. And as always, thank you to each and every one of you everydayers for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your daily watch on YouTube or your daily listen wherever you get your audio podcast daily. In terms of the offensive line unit coming into the Georgia game, I think Shane Beamer and this offensive coaching staff will have a decision to make as far as the offensive tackle position is concerned. Now, I brought up with the Norris Sellers, Mario Anderson, and the ground attack. 
that this coaching staff should give it a couple series on Saturday afternoon and see how things unfold in that department. And again, if things have gone awry, if Georgia is just shutting down the run game, then you need to strongly consider putting Lenore Sellers and Mario Anderson in the football game. I have the same kind of mindset, the same kind of thought process when it comes to the offensive tackle position for this contest. Sidney Fugar and Tyshawn Wanamaker, right now, those are South Carolina's two starters at those positions. And clearly, things have not been great at that spot so far this season. In the North Carolina game, it was absolutely abhorrent. It was one of the worst showings of uh, offensive line play, quite frankly, that I had seen in a very long time. And it wasn't just those guys, obviously. It was multiple people outside of just that position. But... We all recall mainly the lack of pass protection that Spencer Rattler had against the Tar Heels defense in that football game. And last week, sure, protection was better. It should have been better. It was against the Furman Paladins, an FCS football program that does not have the talent on paper that you have, that doesn't have the size that you have up front. So my point here is, I'm still not a full believer that this offensive tackle position has just been solved after two weeks. I would give these guys the first two series on Saturday afternoon. If there's a three and out early in the contest, then maybe give them the first three offensive series. And if Sidney Fugar and Tyshawn Wanamaker just aren't getting it done at offensive tackle, then you need to make some changes. Put Tree Babalade in the game at left tackle. In terms of Wanamaker, bump out Jalen Nichols to right tackle and play Trevon Baugh or Marky Anderson at right guard. Or maybe you could put Anderson at left guard and bump Gargiulo to right guard on the same side as Jalen Nichols. There's a couple different things you could do there if you're the coaching staff, depending on maybe who you trust the most going out there out of the freshman group. Now, some of you might be sitting there and saying, Andrew, if you think that there's a strong chance that these freshman offensive linemen are going to have to play on Saturday afternoon, why wouldn't you just go ahead and start those guys at the very beginning of the football game? The reason why I wouldn't start Tree Babalade or Trevon Bob is because I've talked about this before with other guys on this show. Carson Beck's a good example with Georgia. It is different when you are the backup coming into a football game. Maybe you're making a spot start at your position. But you know that at least for the near future or the foreseeable future, you are waiting in the wings. You are waiting for your time to come at that position where you are the guy at that spot. There's a massive difference between that and going into a game knowing that you are the starter. That inherently brings more pressure. That inherently, therefore, is going to cause more jitters, more stress, more anxiety, however you want to put it. Tree Babalade, Trevon Baugh, again, both of those guys played pretty well in their first college game against Furman this past weekend. But we got to remember two things with that entire scenario. One, it was an FCS football program. That they were facing. And two, these guys are still true freshmen and they are playing at one of the hardest positions in this entire sport along the offensive line. 
I think these these two guys can definitely be a part of the future with this unit. But that does not mean that you just throw them out straight into the fire pit against the number one ranked team in the country this weekend. Matter of fact, it would be the worst time to decide that they're going to start a football game when they're going to go into Athens and face that Georgia defense, which we're going to dive into a little bit more in a few minutes. The other thing that I want to make clear, whether Tree Babalade and Trevon Bond get in this football game and pretty much stay in the game for the rest of the contest or not, mistakes are going to happen at this offensive tackle position. They're going to. There's no way that this unit is going to play a clean game of football for all 60 minutes against Georgia's defense. That's just not going to happen. If Tree Babalade and Trevon Bond do get inserted to the game, or maybe Marquis Anderson gets put in the game, and these guys make a mistake, I want y'all to remember they are true freshmen. Again, these guys, sometimes along the offensive line, you have to learn the hard way in terms of knowing what to do and what not to do. And that is going to be the case whether Sidney Fugar and Tyshawn Wanamaker are starting or if it's Tree Babalade and Jalen Nichols gets bumped out to right tackle and Javon Baugh takes over at right guard or whatever the case may be. This idea that South Carolina can somehow, some way, just completely clean up pass protection against Georgia this weekend and avoid having Rattler get pressured at all. You're wearing garnet glasses if you're thinking that that can be the case. That's not going to happen. So, if you're South Carolina, if you're seeing that early and often, then, hey, mistakes are going to happen either way. Go ahead and put the freshmen out there. Let them get the experience against top-notch competition. See how they handle the moment. If it somehow is even worse, then put the veterans back out there for the rest of the game. But... I don't think that this staff should wait long before making a decision on that. Because again, against Georgia, you can't wait till halftime if you're South Carolina to try and make half a dozen adjustments on both sides of the ball. You just cannot do that. You got to make some decisions quickly. And that doesn't just concern the rushing attack. It concerns your pass protection along the offensive line as well. Georgia's defense is going to present many challenges to South Carolina's offense on Saturday with the way that they line up, the way that they play, and what they possess just in terms of their overall athleticism. And I'm going to touch on how each of those facets is going to present a challenge to South Carolina's offense in just a few moments. Today's show is brought to you by Jace Medical. Now, everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace Case. The Jace Case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you're not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure that you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. 
Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Promo code LOCKEDON. Welcome back to today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day in just 30 minutes. Kirby Smart's defense is going to present a lot of challenges to South Carolina's offense through the looks that they give, their mentality in the secondary specifically, and their sheer athleticism as a unit. Let's start off this conversation by talking about the different type of looks that Georgia is going to show against South Carolina's offense. I went back and watched South Carolina's matchup with the Georgia Bulldogs in the 2022 season. And when watching this game back, and mainly watching the first 55 plays of action for South Carolina's offense, the Bulldogs ran the following formations. A 3-4 defense, a dive defense, a 2-4-5 formation, a nickel formation, a 3-3-5 formation, a 5-2 formation, and a 3-2-6 look. That's about five or six different formations right there that I just listed off to all of you. There are not many college defenses out there that run that many formations in just three quarters of football. But that's what Georgia did against the Gamecocks this past fall. And when a quarterback has that many formations, that many different looks that are displayed in front of them, it certainly can throw a quarterback off kilter, especially if they are not ready for that football game. If they are not mentally prepared to deal with, in a way, all of the eye candy that defenses are going to give you. That is what Georgia tries to do when they play these opposing quarterbacks. And last year, to a certain extent, maybe it worked with Spencer Rattler. I would imagine that Spencer Rattler is going to be a lot better prepared this time around when it comes to, again, just what the Bulldogs are going to present formationally against him. But the point being is Georgia's not going to pick one, two, or three formations and stay in them throughout an entire football game. They will vary up their looks based on the situation. There is one thing, however, that they won't go away from very often, and that is what kind of coverage they run on the back end. This is a secondary that has a very aggressive mentality for the Bulldogs. Out of the 52 plays that I watched from this past year's game, the Bulldogs were in man coverage on 26 of those plays. You do the quick math, the Bulldogs were in man coverage 50% of the time. Again, at the college level, there are not many defenses that are running man coverage with that much frequency in one football game. South Carolina is a team that admittedly does like to run a lot of man coverage. Georgia, they are the same exact way. This is a team that is going to challenge your wide receivers to make plays one-on-one. Now, for South Carolina, I do think that they have a wide receiving court that can make Georgia pay for running so much man-to-man coverage. 
you've got Xavier Leggett that clearly has gone off the last couple weeks and has shown that, hey, he's not just a number two wide receiver. He can play like a number one wide receiver in the SEC. You've also got Juice Wells, whom, yes, has been MIA in terms of the stat sheet over the first two weeks of the season. But as I've said before, I think Juice Wells is still working his way back from whatever injury he suffered in preseason camp. And to Carolina Joyner, when he talked to the media on Tuesday afternoon, he hinted that Wells was progressing, that he was getting healthier, and that that's going to hopefully help him starting maybe this week against Georgia's defense. That would be great news, obviously, for Dow Loggins and that offensive coaching staff. South Carolina's also got Eddie Lewis in the slot position, and they've got a couple guys behind those three that could help out. I don't bring up Amarian Brown because he's questionable right now for this game. He did not practice on Tuesday. He's expected to practice, however, today with the football team in some capacity. So point being, Georgia's secondary, they're going to run a lot of man coverage, which means that South Carolina, you've got to win your one-on-ones without question in that matchup. One last thing I want to talk about with Georgia's defense. Because of the coaching staff they have, the head coach that leads that team, and the success that they have had over the past couple years, the sheer numbers that we've seen in terms of their scoring defense, their historically great 2021 defense, for example. Some of you might think that Georgia's defense is very aggressive in terms of their pass rush, in terms of their blitzes, maybe to the extent of a Brent Venables that South Carolina got to know very well while he was at Clemson for all those years as their defensive coordinator. But that's not the case with the Bulldogs. Georgia does not blitz very often. In fact, in the 52 plays that I watched from this past year's game, the Bulldogs only blitzed the Gamecocks on 13 of those 52 plays, or 25% of the time. Every single blitz was a five-man blitz. There was no six- or seven-man blitz. They were all five-man blitzes. Half of these blitzes were on first down, seven of them. And instead of blitzing a ton on third down, typically the down that most defensive coaching staffs love to blitz on, the Bulldogs will run stunts and twists in place of that, basically where the defensive linemen will act like they're going to go in one gap, but they end up pivoting and going into a different gap while one of their teammates essentially ends up attacking that same gap that they just vacated. That is a stunt and twist right there. So, Georgia, to put it bluntly, they have a lot of trust in their players on the defensive side of the ball. They have a lot of trust in their secondary to make plays against opposing receivers, And they also have trust in their defensive front that, listen, they might not completely wreak havoc in terms of their sack numbers or maybe even their tackle for loss numbers. But that is a front that is going to play fundamentally sound. They're not going to take themselves out of position very often when they are on the field. And for South Carolina's case, they cannot poke fun at all about Georgia's sack totals. Fans cannot do that because, again... Uh, with what we've seen so far in terms of pass protection on the edge, this game, if South Carolina's not careful, they can see another UNC game take place where they give up a ton of sacks against this defense. So, if you're Dow Loggins in this staff, you got to do a bevy of things to try to combat that. 
What are some of those things? You could run some chip blocks and releases with the tight ends. Use them as a partial combo block against these edge rushers and do it multiple times in the game. Get those edge rushers a bit more fatigued. Make sure that they feel your presence on the edge. And give the offensive tackles a bit more time also to get in a better position where they can stay in front of them and make sure they don't have essentially an easy pass rushing lane straight at their quarterback. Run some six and seven man protections. I've not seen the Gamecocks do this too terribly often so far this season. I think they got to do it more in this game. Don't be afraid to keep a tight end back there with you. Don't be afraid to keep a tight end and a running back back there with you. Don't be afraid to trot Nick Elksness out there as essentially a blocking running back, even though he's a tight end. Basically, have him fill in like Nate Atkins did at the end of the regular season in 2022. Use your quick passing game. Dow Lawkins showed that he's willing to do that. He did that last week against Furman. I would not be surprised if he does something like that again, especially to start off this game against Georgia. Don't be afraid to use tempo when you are finding success on offense. Fatigue is the enemy of every athlete. Even Georgia, who works so hard to make sure that their guys are very well conditioned. Don't be afraid to use tempo. Use all of those different things to your advantage. Give them different looks. Use different concepts to keep those guys off balance as much as you possibly can in order to help out your offensive line and most importantly, in order to help out your quarterback, Spencer Rattler. It's not going to be easy. There's no question about that. But the point is, South Carolina should not just go out there and run the most basic stuff and essentially say, well, if this isn't going to work against Georgia, we're just going to wave white flag, we'll take our beating, we'll take another loss this year, and we'll get him next time. They should not do that. South Carolina, they need to come out there and be an aggressor. They need to play to win this football game. And that includes the adjustments they make offensively, both in terms of how they're calling plays, their blocking schemes and protection, and who's playing, both in the trenches and also at the skill positions at the same time. With all that being said, that's going to do it for today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. I hope that y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show, as always. What are y'all's thoughts about the idea of Lenora Sellers seeing more significant playing time in this game against Georgia, along with Mario Anderson at running back? What are your thoughts about how this coaching staff should handle the offensive line situation coming into this game? And lastly, what are your thoughts about Georgia's defense and how the Gamecocks should try to combat them? Let me know your thoughts down below in the comments section if you watch today's show on YouTube or shoot me a direct message on Twitter at A-Line underscore SC if you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app. But as always, thank y'all so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, and I'll be sure to catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.